Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come and join us at 10am every Sunday. Phil, you ready? Just needed that time to get out of the drumming mode and into preaching mode. So, Father. (laughs) Still is spirit, Lord. Bring peace, Lord. I pray that his words, Lord, will bring a revolution in people's lives, Lord, this morning. It will turn things around. Father, I pray for your anointing, Lord, to flow from Phil this morning, from his words, Lord, and that we will hear your voice speak in Jesus' name. Amen. on. Just fine. There we go. Excellent. Thank you. Okay, well this morning I'm not carrying on with what I was preaching last time. Um, I just want to focus us a bit towards the cross really. I mean, I am being religious. It's Easter. Um, I have freedom too, but I kind of want to help us just focus in. I've been kind of living with this for a few weeks now and um, sometimes it's just good to do I don't do it every year. Sometimes I just read kind of the scriptures in line with where we are in the Christian calendar, if you like. And sometimes you just want God to speak afresh, don't you? It kind of can become a bit stale. Oh, I know it and I know it so well. And sometimes you come back to it and God speaks things that you've never quite seen before and brings fresh revelation for things that you kind of perhaps just skipped over um, or missed. Or actually, you just didn't have that revelation beforehand, and God gives that to you. So I want to kind of just do that this morning. So we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 26. Might come up on the screen. We'll see. And this is the account. I kind of gave a title to this talk. I tried to give it a title, and I tried to, tried to be snappy with my titles, and come up with something really creative and... It don't always work. I'm not very good at that. I'm not very creative in that way. So this one I've called In the Garden Garden of Agony. So Matthew 26, verse 36. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, And he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and bowed his face to the ground and praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you may not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned, he found them, uh, returned to them again. He found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time and saying the same things again. He then came to his disciples and said, go ahead and sleep. 
have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Hope, let's go. Let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. This is Jesus, and obviously it's the end of the Last Supper, where they've eaten together. They've had a great time of just celebrating Jesus, washed their feet, and they've had this amazing meal, this amazing time, and Jesus broke the bread and he gave them wine, trying to give them insights all the time into what was about to happen. Try to encourage them and show them that actually this time had come. And so Jesus goes into the garden, takes some disciples with him. And particularly, you know, kind of, you could say maybe James, Peter and John were all Jesus' closest, not necessarily favourites, but closest disciples with him. And he takes them there and he wants them to pray with him. He wants them to be there. He wants them to be part of and experience what he's going through. And then he goes off to pray. And I think the revelation for me in this story was actually the victory for Jesus was won in his heart at that moment in the garden. It was won for us on the cross, but it was won for him in the garden. He had to battle it out before God. If we were in his position and we were sentenced to death, and we knew that, even though the sentence hadn't yet been given, but he knew that's where it was going, he knew right from the beginning, from the moment that he left heaven to come to earth as a baby, he knew this was his destiny. He knew that he was going to die and take upon himself all the sin of the world. All the sin of humanity would be upon him. He knew that, and yet he's still in this place of anguish in the garden. He still has to go through the human emotion. He has to process it has to pray just like we would have to if we were given that same death sentence. We would be given it because we've done something wrong, more than likely. But actually, he had to battle. He had to go through anguish. He had to go through that, not my will but yours be done. He had to get to that place. And if we read it in other versions, so if we go down into and have a look at Luke, Luke 22, verse 39 to 46. It's very similar record of that moment, of that time, Jesus in the garden. But we have this added bit in there that really stood out to me. So I just, I just pick it up in um, uh, where were we? verse 20, 39. Then accompanied by his disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went, as usual, to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away, about a stone throw away. Don't know how far that is, because it depends how far you can throw a stone, I guess. I'm not very good at throwing. You've massive dis Well, I suppose if you're a golfer, maybe you can go further than others. Knelt down and prayed, Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done and not mine. And then we get this added bit in this, because that's very similar to what we've already read in Matthew. And then it says... Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. Wow, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? An angel. Jesus needed an angel to strengthen him. It's just an amazing moment. Imagine what that was like. Imagine what that encounter was like for Jesus in the midst of agony, in the midst of pain, in the midst of facing this um, enormous suffering that we knew he was going to go through. And he's battling it out in his heart and he's struggling 
to actually work that out and make that choice. You know, I'm sure that is really hard to say, not my will, but yours be done in that moment, humanly speaking. Because this is about his humanity. This is not about his sonship as the Father. This is about his humanity. So it says he knows what we feel. He identifies with our weakness. He identifies with our pain. He identifies with our suffering. He identifies with things. This is Jesus identifying with us in suffering. Going through it. And yet in that moment, when he's trying to battle this out, should I, should I, can I, can I get out of this? Sure, that was in his mind. You know, we've all been there, haven't we? Is it anything? You know, we get in a difficult situation. Is it, can I get out of this? We've got a difficult situation to face. Is there any route, any exit route for me out of this? Sometimes there just isn't. You know, Jenny going through breast cancer. It, there's no escape. Only God. You know, you've got to go through it. And I remember we had a great old guy in the church many years ago. Someone know him, Jerry. And he just kept saying to me many times, Phil, you've just got to go through. And I'm saying, but I don't want to go through. It's the last thing I want. I want to escape it. I want an escape route. I don't want to go through this difficult. I want, don't want to go face this difficult situation. I have to go through it. And he just say, well, Phil, you've just got to go through. And we're in those moments, we need an encounter, don't we? Jesus needed an encounter in that moment of suffering, of pain, of difficulty, the Father was grace enough. It didn't change the situation. Didn't change what was coming. But he had an encounter that helped him in the moment. And God wants us to have those encounters in our difficult times, in our moments of anguish and agony. There's encounters for us to be had. Where he himself, by his Holy Spirit, will come to us. And he'll help us in those times. And it'll strengthen us in those times that we can go through. And when we think it's impossible to go through this, impossible to face this, it's impossible to walk through this, actually, he's sufficient. And an encounter will strengthen us to get us through. Time and time again. And I've known that in my own life. There's been times when I've just needed an encounter from God, with God, and you get it, and it helps you to get through. And I feel God wants to encourage some of you this morning. There's this situations God wants to encounter you. But I think it was helpful what Andrew shared as well in terms of that getting heaven's perspective on things as well because so often we're just looking at it through our own worldly view. Jesus already had heaven's perspective. He knew that this was the only way for salvation of mankind. He knew that was the only way we could be saved. He knew that. And it wasn't that in his anguish he'd forgotten that. It wasn't in that agony moment that he'd forgotten how much he loved us and was willing to give himself up for us. But he was human and he was working it out and processing it. And he wanted his disciples to do exactly the same. But they had not got that same perspective. In fact, they were just tired. And it says in, I think it's in the Marvish, actually their eyes were so tired they just would not open. And sometimes I think we can live our Christian life like that, can't we? Where we are, our eyes are just heavy and we haven't got heaven's perspective and we're just tired and we're weary. We're weary of the situation. We're weary of life circumstance. Some people are just weary of life. And actually our eyes become shut. 
And I, as I was kind of preparing this thing, this, I, I just had in my mind that song that we used to sing, we don't sing so often now, but open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. And somehow we need God to help us, strengthen us, that we can open our eyes to see sometimes. Because we only see, I've said this so many times, we only see a small part. But actually God sees everything. And God knew. Jesus knew in this moment, even in the garden, he knew that the sin of mankind, past, present and future, was on him. And if he did not walk this walk, if he not, did not go through the cross, we would not be here today. We would have no hope of salvation. We'd have no hope of our sin, guilt, shame being removed. And Jesus knew that. Did it make his decision any easier? Of course not. He was in anguish, it says. It was a, so I called this talk the garden of anguish. And so many times we find ourselves in a garden of anguish. And we go somewhere and we, we just have to work it out with God. And sometimes if it's like that story, we're getting angry with God. We're kicking and screaming. And I've been there. I've shouted at God. I've told him what I feel. I told him what I think about him sometimes. When he doesn't answer the prayers I want in, in the way I want him to answer them. I've, I've been through all those moments. But in that place, even in my own anger, even in my own discouragement and disappointment, God came and strengthened me. I speak from experience. And actually, God wants to do the same for each one of us. Whatever we're facing, whatever we're going through, however we work in life out and the challenges that come, and they will come, actually, he wants us to turn to him and not be like the disciples. And actually, our eyes are weary eyes are heavy that we can't even open them in that moment if only they'd had eyes to see i mean luke's recorded for us it doesn't say even luke was there but luke's recorded for us that an angel came and strengthened jesus well how did he know that if he wasn't even there by the spirit of god he had revelation by the spirit of god and so too god wants to give us revelation he wants to give us that heavenly perspective on our every one of our situations we don't know how, how, what the good is that God's going to work out of our situation. We never fully understand. He promises he will, but we don't understand it and we don't see it. And sometimes we don't hold on to it. And therefore we allow those situations and things to overwhelm us. And I could so easily just uh, show you a demonstration here. So if that was full to the brim, you imagine that now, jug of water full right to the brim. It wouldn't take much, would it, for that to come spilling out? Actually, earlier, I just I put it under the chair while I moved the lectern out of the way, and I picked it up to move there, and I spilt it. So that's why it's not quite, got quite as much in as it did have, because I already spilt it. It doesn't take much, does it? And sometimes we can be so full of our things, our hurts, our pains, our disappointments, the things that weigh us down in life, that actually the slightest knock spills it out, but usually we spill it out to the wrong people. Usually we spill it out in the wrong place, like I did, on the floor instead of into a cup. Actually, the right place to spill it out to is with Jesus, because he's the one who can take it. He's the one who can take it and use it for good. He's the one who will come and heal us. He's the one who will come and comfort us. He's the one who will come and strengthen us in those moments. 
And wouldn't it have been so much easier for Jesus if God had just said to him, no, it's all right, son. You don't have to do it, actually. You don't have to go that way. I know we talked about it before you, you went to the earth, but actually, you don't have to go that way anymore. No, there was none of that kind of conversation. It was, this is the only way. This is the only way, son. This is the only way it's going to happen. And Jesus was willing to submit to his will, his Father's will. How often in our situations are we willing to submit to God's will for us? How often do we get that perspective? Actually, no, actually, your will be done, not mine. Because it's not about me, ultimately. It's about him. It's about him and his kingdom. It's about him and his love. It's about him and his grace coming to us and winning our hearts again. And through us, winning the hearts of others. You know, it's great that uh, you know, Jenny was looking for opportunity to share testimony, going through a difficult thing. And sometimes we can be so caught up with us that we couldn't care, not, not, maybe not care, but we don't, we're not aware of the need around us. We're not aware of others who are probably going through the same, if not worse, than we are. And actually, we can so be caught up with us that actually it's like we've got our eyes shut. And Jesus goes back to him in the end and just says, well, you know, get your rest. You're weary, just get some rest. But actually, it's at that moment as well that the betrayer comes. And they don't get that chance because it follows right there that actually the betrayer turns up and it all kicks off. That Jesus then arrested. But Jesus knew this right from the start. He knew what his destiny was. He knew where he was going. He knew how the Holy Spirit would lead him and take him into this. So this is it, the end of Mark. In Mark uh, 42, it says, Go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But no, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. Just at that moment, actually, things change. And sometimes we just need that moment with Jesus and things change. You see, Jesus has really set this out. I mean, it's recorded for us in Isaiah. Isaiah prophesies this in Isaiah 50, verse 4 to 9. The sovereign Lord has given me his words of wisdom, so I know how to comfort the weary. Morning by morning he awakens me and opens my understanding to his will. The sovereign Lord has, broke, has spoken to me and I have listened. I have not rebelled or turned away. I offered my back to those who would beat me, my cheeks to those who will pull out my beard. I did not hide my face from mockery and spitting. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I set my face like a stone, determined to do his will, and I know that I will not be put to shame. That's Isaiah prophesying of Jesus coming. And Jesus actually is taking that, that punishment, that shame, even though he was found guilty of nothing. He was guilty of nothing, yet he became sin for us, as we've sung this morning. He became sin who knew no sin. That we could become his righteousness. And I want to encourage us to, if you kind of haven't had your eyes open to Jesus yet, if you've not seen how good he is, if you've not seen how loving he is, how much he loves you, how he loves you, and all that he knows all about your life, your history, your present, what's yet to come, he knows it all. If you've not had that, or as a Christian, your eyes have just become dim. God wants to come afresh and he wants to open your eyes again 
and strengthen you and encourage you, even in the midst of battle, even in the midst of difficulty. He wants to do that for you. Jesus knew what it was, and he wants us to take hope from him. Because Jesus said this to his disciples, and they didn't get it, even though it was so clear. I don't think you can get clearer than this. He said to his the Son of Man must suffer terrible things. He said he will be rejected by the elders and leading priests and the teacher of Israel. He will be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead. Isn't that good news? He will be raised from the dead. He was raised from the dead and he is alive now for us. But they didn't get it. And in fact, they didn't get the enormity of that moment of agony in the garden because they were just sleeping. They didn't grasp it at all. But for us who can now read this and we can get, we can see what heaven was about, what God had planned and purposed was taking place and coming to coming about and there's more to be done God's still got plans for us God's still got plans for you he loves you he cares for you and he wants to strengthen you in your moment he wants to strengthen you even over this Easter time he wants you to be strengthened and encouraged by the one who gave his life that you might have life and have it to the full not just get by not just survive it. He wants you to have life to the full. That's his promise. That's his desire, actually. He gave his life, willingly, having agonised over it in the garden, willingly, willingly given it up that you might have life. And he wants you to have that even today. He wants you to enter into that. So as we come to Easter, as we look the next week or so, next Sunday we'll be celebrating that he is alive, he's risen on Friday. We'll be here at 9 till 10, just remembering uh, his sacrifice on the cross. Communion together here, I encourage you to be here. Just worship together, take communion. All those things, as we remember all that, let's just remember heaven's perspective on this. This was for our salvation. This was for our freedom. This was for us to have a way back to the Father that God always intended. Let's stand together. I was at uh, a gathering of um, Catalyst leaders in Milton Keynes recently and Phil Wolfie was a well-known prophetic leader in, within Catalyst movement, within New Frontiers and he had this prophetic word and he said it's almost like we as the church, global, not just UK, but it's almost like we've been sleepwalking into battle and suddenly we're kind of wa- beginning to wake up and you know what it's like, people who sleepwalk. I don't know if you've seen somebody sleepwalking. My son used to do it. I'll tell you the story about my son. He'll not, he'll, he's not, he'll not be listening to this down the line because it might embarrass him. But as a, as a kid one night, we were out and uh, we had a couple of babysitting for us. And he came downstairs, went outside, went, opened the door outside, went outside and had a wee in the grate outside. He must have done that in the daytime sometime to do that, but he was completely asleep knew nothing about it, and came back in, shut the door, went back to bed. 
Knew nothing about it the next day at all. No, no memory of it at all, whatsoever. That's what sleep rooms were. And, but they look like they're awake. People look like they're awake. When you sleepwalk, it looks like they're awake and they know what they're doing and have intent, like Danny. had intent doing that. He knew what he was doing. But he was sleepwalking. And sometimes, as Christians, we can just be sleepwalking through our life, can't we? We can be sleepwalking through our Christian life. It looks like we know what we're doing. It looks like we're, we've got intent, we've got purpose. We need God to come and just wake us up. We need that strengthening from God. And if you need strength from God, if you need strengthening this morning, I just want to pray for you right now. So just I encourage you just to put your hands up before God. And if you want strength, fresh strength from heaven, whatever situation you face, whatever's going on, you need it, God will supply it. It doesn't come from me. But thank you, Jesus, we have this story recorded for us that in the middle of your agony, wrestling with this choice, of going to the cross for our sin. An angel from heaven came and strengthened you. And now, Lord, I thank you that we too can have that same experience. We can be strengthened by you because, Lord, these things we agonise over in our life, life situations, our families, our jobs, our finances, all manner of things that would cause agony in our own lives and our own hearts. But thank you, God, that you promised to come and strengthen us. You give strength to the weary, it says. And Lord, I pray for that for each one of us, even at this Easter time. We thank you for your life that was given that we might have life. And Lord, I pray for that strength of your life coming into us right now. Holy Spirit, for everyone, every situation, every circumstance, everyone that's here that's putting their hands out before you today, Lord, I pray, let your strength come. May they be encouraged and strengthened. Lord, I pray in whatever circumstance they're in, whatever, Lord, they're, they're, they're just... L- uh, bring him before you this morning. Lord, I pray, let strength be upon them right now. Let your strength come. May they be encouraged in their heart. Lord, I pray, Lord, where their, their eyes have been heavy with weariness. Lord, I pray, come, we pray, open the eyes of our hearts to see things from your perspective and not from ours. Lord, I pray, help us, Lord, to see the bigger picture in our situations. Lord, I pray, come, Lord, where you, you promise that you will work good for us out of every circumstance, Lord, I pray, give them fresh hope and courage to face whatever it is, Lord, that, Lord, you will bring good from it in some way. Lord, I pray, give us eyes to see the way, the things in our lives, the way you do. Lord, give us your perspective on all our situations, all our circumstances, just as you had that perspective of you knew what the end result would be through going going to the cross. You knew. Lord, and we thank you that now you are risen ascended, glorified, lifted to the highest place, given all power and all authority in heaven and on earth. We thank you for that, Jesus. And no matter what we see going on in the world, we thank you that you have all power and all authority over it all. And you do for our lives too. And we thank you for that. So encourage and strengthen each one of us, I pray. Lord, may we go this week as we remember your death and resurrection this week. Lord, I pray let the strength of God be upon us. Encourage our hearts, Lord, that you were one that knew how to go through. Your circumstantial situations, you went through and you came to the other side victorious. And so can we, by your grace. So give us grace, I pray this week. Strengthen our hearts, open our eyes, lift our spirits, Lord. Oh God, I pray, whatever our circumstance situation, we trust you. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen.